Hi, I'm Rachel Dillon. And I'm Marcus Dillon. And this podcast is Who's Really the Boss, where we highlight the joys and challenges of running a business with your spouse or family. Our mission is to strengthen families and businesses by helping listeners avoid the mistakes we have made so they can lead and live happily ever after. Welcome back to Who's Really the Boss podcast. Hey, thanks for uh, leading today, and it's going to be a good conversation. Okay, I have to tell you something funny. So when I was getting ready, Jason Derulo, um, Savage Look, came on, and you know how he says at the beginning of every song, he says his name, Jason Derulo. It made me think of the podcast, probably because we're recording today, but how we always say, welcome back to Who's Really the Boss podcast. I felt like I'm just announcing um, our podcast like Jason Derulo. So there you go. Take a tip. That way people always know, well, who was I listening to? At least it's at the forefront of their mind. So should you just drop, drop your name throughout conversation just so people <laughs> remember it, you know? Yes. Yes. And it's good yes. to see you again, you know, and then <laughs> Jason Derulo. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Gearing up, we're recording this in August 2022, so gearing up for back to school. A lot of people in our area have already gone back to school as far as their kids sending them off. So lots of college uh, dorm pictures we've been seeing, just stage of life of our friends uh, on social media. And then also still kids, you know, going back for meet the teacher and things like that. So our kids actually start back uh, after this coming weekend. So we are definitely geared up and ready for school to start back. Yeah. Uh, Our stage of life, as you mentioned, we've got a senior. And so this will be a bittersweet year for for that and her last first day of high school. And a lot of uh, important decisions to come out in the next few months, I'm sure for her and our family. And so, uh, kind of scary proceed with caution, uh, think back to when they were younger and just starting out and things. So it's, uh, it's bittersweet for sure for us. And as mentioned, like some of our team members also sending their kids back to school already, uh, the large school district close to us, they started back this week, I believe. So a lot of team members did, you know, breathe that, breathe that sigh of relief that they're no longer responsible for every minute of their kids, uh, during the summer months. And they do have the balance of school now there, uh, good or bad. And so wanted to talk a little bit about, um, you know, just the balance of life that comes in this season. If you do have, uh, children or, uh, you know, someone older than children, teens, uh, young adults heading back to college, what that looks like as far as um, timing and what it means for work, you know, what it means for your workplace, because we try to give a lot of grace to our team uh, during the summer months, because we do realize that there is more important things to life than uh, like work and kids usually take priority. during that time. So just wanted to get some, maybe some tips and tricks out there, uh, things that you've seen, but because you've also been on the other side of that and, you know, the anxiety that comes along with being a teacher and going back to school and starting a new year. 
Yeah. So I think we have to think back to when our kids were really young and I was a teacher at that time. The first day of school meant teachers needed to be there really early. And so um, you actually got to help with first day of school, getting kids ready and dropped off a lot of the time so that they didn't have to get to school like an hour too early before they actually needed to be there. So that's fun. I remember one of Avery's first days of school, probably her very first day of big school. I think um, she was only three, but we had a program at the school I was at where teachers' kids could come starting at ages three and four, and they would go into the classroom with um, students who had either learning or physical disabilities that were at that age and qualified to go to pre preschool at that time. And so they were mixed in with students with special needs. And so anyway, Avery shows up to school with a giant Band-Aid across her forehead. <laughs> Uh, and also their hair and outfits always were kind of interesting at that time when you were helping bring them to school. So just we have to remember, especially since it's Kinley's last year, and I think we've probably gotten almost every first day with the first day of school sign. So we got to remember to get that because their schedules and them driving themselves and all of that, they can get in and out of the house quick and we may miss it. So got to make sure to get that first day of school picture with the sign and all of that. So anyway, yeah. that's, yeah, that's super, super fun. Um, but back to what it's like as far as back to school from being a teacher. Uh, I had a principal one time that said that being in education, we were super fortunate because we had a definitive start and stop to our school year. So we always had the opportunity to look at goals, to refocus, to have a fresh start at the beginning of every year. And then at the end, have a built-in break um, to like re-energize and recharge and then, you know, figure out what direction you wanted to go for the following year. So it created a very nice rhythm for um, education as a whole and then for our school community and what we were trying to do with our students and the families that attended there. So I think that that's something that we can pull from um, in any industry, uh, in any area of life is to try to help set those rhythms and boundaries of not forgetting what you're doing and not getting so busy in the day to day that you forget to look back at your goals or your why um, to look back and really focus in on your values and are the things that you're doing on a day to day basis. Do they align with those values? Yeah. How did how did um, obviously the beginning of the school year? Um, most people can relate to that. But how did the beginning of the second half of the school year, because I think most people, what you just said, most people fall into that reset of the calendar year where it's, you get a little bit of holiday at the end of the year, and then you come back in January, kind of almost like a teacher would in August. And what did that look like for you? Um, because you kind of had two, two of those. So talking about coming back like after Christmas break and, and what do we do? Because um, I think, I think that's what most most people associate like new beginnings with or, you, th you know, um, setting goals yeah. and things like that. 
Yeah. So that time of year, so the beginning of the year was really interesting because, you know, um, I think most people are familiar with teachers go back way before kids go back. So teachers go back on contract typically a week and a half to two weeks before students actually start in their classrooms. But teachers typically go back even two weeks plus before their contract date to start getting their classrooms ready um, and start kind of planning some fun things and or maybe maybe not fun things, maybe just planning for the upcoming uh, like first six weeks or nine weeks, whatever kind of schedule you're on. But the reason that they go back in that time that they're not actually on contract and required to be there is that those days leading up to the beginning of school are actually planned out for you. So you don't necessarily have your own time to spend in your classroom or doing things that you feel you need to do to actually um, have work and things ready for kids. And so that time is really cool because those days leading up is like, there actually is convocation, which is a huge pep rally, but all of those days leading up to that are really talking about um, kind of values and mission and why you're there. Lots of stories are told from students who are grown and talking about the impact that their teachers had in their lives or student success stories from the previous year or previous years, um, just talking about how, you know, that the teacher was so integral in the success of that student, whether it be testing or um, just not crying the whole entire day and spending the whole day like in the uh, nurse's office or counselor's office or whatever it might be. So really pulling on those heartstrings of the teachers for that upcoming year and letting them know like your job is more than just passing a test or, um, you know, helping a kid pass from one grade to the next. It's it's really a, about a whole lot more of developing that child and building relationships. So. Um, but then there's a pretty big shift because that is really covered at the beginning of the year. And then it's sprinkled in throughout the year. But then when you come back in January, there again is a reset and a refocus on those goals, but more about finishing the year strong and not allowing any of those things and those feelings that you had at the beginning of the year, uh, kind of the energy and the motivation to fall off. And also at that time for Texas, at least we have testing in uh, almost every single grade level that kind of helps to hold teachers and students accountable for their learning. But that also becomes really important is a focus on strategy and implementation and um, really looking at how are we going to monitor the progress and how are we going to step in um, and help those students who are not progressing like they should so that they are ready for their test or they are ready, um, you know, to graduate on to the next grade level. Yeah. So that rhythm is clearly defined in a education uh, world because of um, I would say majority of school districts do follow that kind of calendar. Uh, you do have some year round schools that are sprinkled throughout, but for the most part, uh, it's clearly defined. When we look at businesses and let's even take ours, for example, because, um, you know, so much of life and work overlap. So we employ a lot of parents who they 
accept that that kind of rhythm because of their kids who are a big part of their life. And so typically uh, the school year does mean a lot to a parent who may not be a teacher and may just be getting a child um, ready for school. And so I think even for people that have graduated beyond having children in school, they still see it as, um, you know, a good opportunity to kind of reflect and maybe set things right. So I'm fortunate to have lived both sides with, you know, having an educator in the house and, you know, I didn't enjoy going and getting um, rooms ready or girls hair done on the first day of school because that was a high high bar set, um, especially because we knew there was always going to be a picture taken on the first day of school. So a lot of pressure there. But if you look at even what we've done in our business, we specifically um, chose the time of year after kids go back to school, because then you have a little bit more freedom to have this next retreat, which we will be having next year. So talk about that and some of the things that we're going to cover there and maybe how they aligned with what was covered at convocation or what was covered in maybe ours is what you would cover in January. Cause I think for accountants, especially like January is the kickoff to the new year. There's a lot of stuff that does need to get done, especially in January, January sucks. And so how do you kind of parallel what you went through in education to what we do here at our business? I think biggest thing is making sure that our team understands the impact that they have in the lives that they are involved with or have influence over. I think sometimes people don't realize the influence that they have in just normal everyday situations. And so um, making sure that they understand the values that our business that Dylan CPAs is operating from and the impact that that has our why of what we do. So making sure that they understand that they're not just reconciling an account, they are reconciling account to help drive business decisions so that that business that they're working with is successful and sustainable and can hire more employees or serve more customers. And also so that business owner can go home to their families and be a part of their family, be a part of their community and not live 24 hours in their business struggling, um, you know, to make things work and keep the doors open. So really going back to and sharing and making sure that each person on our team understands their role and their importance within our business and then the impact that they have outside of our business and how many lives they actually influence and impact on a daily basis. And you may say just from reconciling account or just from running a payroll or preparing a tax return. Um, all of those things have huge impact. So um, I think that's probably first and foremost, that's what we want to communicate anytime that we are all together and uh, talking through kind of direction or where we want to go or refocus back onto uh, goals that we've set. Yeah, I think that's really good. I think the other thing is uh, the new school year brings a lot of um, like reset, but it also brings a lot of uncertainty. You take the first week of school, and uh, if your child rides a bus, uh, you you know the name of the game is flexibility. 
there because uh, they're still trying to figure stuff out. They don't know exactly how many kids are going to ride the bus. They don't know how, how many kids are going to be in classrooms. I mean, they've planned as best they can, but still there's a lot of uncertainty there. So I think there's some tips we can give, you know, everybody as far as giving a lot of grace on both sides and from how that applies to even the business owner that you interact with on your team, you know, how you're serving them, everyone's going through this pretty much if they have children or have families. And a lot of our friends are still in education. So there's a lot of anxiety around what that looks like, you know, kicking the year back off, whether you're in the classroom, out of the classroom, but just somehow connected with education. Maybe their spouse is an educator. We see that a lot of times with our friends. And I don't think we're too different in that. I think there is just a lot of people that are connected to educators. So from the educator hat that you used to wear 10 years ago, is there anything that you wish you wish others would have known that we just are, we don't know um, about the beginning of the year, about I really wish this would have gone this way, or I wish this person would have responded or prepared this way. Um, I, I'm not sure uh, that I'll answer your question directly, but um, kind of some things that I know all educators wish that parents knew. Well, I think something to remember is that Likely, there is not one educator in one classroom that is there for the money. So that means they do have some level of passion for children, which means they really do care about your child and the success of your child. Um, and then most likely, even especially when you get into higher grade levels, they have a passion for the subject that they're teaching. They know a lot about it, they're interested in it, and they want to share that interest and knowledge um, with others, you know, to make them better. So I think that that's number one. I think people often forget that and feel like, you know, maybe that adult in the room doesn't care about my child, doesn't know my child. Um, the other thing is that, uh, and the, you know, this is just real broad, but that this, the workday for a teacher is not the hours that your child is required to be in the classroom. Um, pretty much like running your own business, a teacher in their classroom is pretty much the business owner. They are responsible for everything. Um, there's not somebody coming in to help. They don't have an assistant. They don't have a receptionist. They don't have, so they are teaching your kids. They are responding to parent and outside emails. Um, they are a lot of times, especially in older grade levels, they are making their own copies or materials that they need for that day. They don't have a room mom anymore. Usually when you get to the high school level, that's helping them do um, things on a day-to-day -day basis. So pretty much a solopreneur um, if you're looking at what a teacher is. So they wear a lot of hats. They do a lot of things. And um, so the extra things that come with that classroom, just know that that is extra hours spent off contract time. I mean, there are countless hours spent 
learn, you know, the teachers learning. And then just at the beginning of the year, what really adds on to a lot of that work is they are getting to know their class for that year or their classes for that year, all of those students and customizing. Maybe it is something that they've taught year over year over year, but they're going to customize it to fit how are those students going to learn and how are they going to get that group of students to work together and become uh, friends or at least friendly throughout the year. So what are they going to do to build that unity? So there's a lot of extra work that goes in at the beginning of the year um, to set up processes and procedures uh, and plans that helps to build unity in their classroom and then to uh, really hone in on the um, specific needs of each kid that's going to be in the class that year. So there's a, there's a ton of parallels. You, you bring up great points that even I've never thought of before about uh, the teacher is kind of leading that classroom. They're, they're reporting to other administration and things like that, um, but they're in charge. They're, you know, setting agenda, setting things that have to be done throughout the day with the purpose of this greater goal of learning. And you take I, I just think, for example, like, okay, if that was in a business setting, especially in our business, that would be like leading, what, how many kids did you have in your class? Like at uh, one time? 20, 24. Okay. Let's say 24 client meetings at one time, all the clients in the room, keeping them on track to learn a given subject. Um, and your, that's back to back to back, no break, or maybe a lunch break or something like that. Or if they go to a, a non, um, you know, a non-academic, you know, PE or whatever that is, uh, you get a little bit of a break, but it's back-to-back -back meetings uh, throughout the day. And then maybe you, if your classes rotate, maybe you've got a whole new crop of 24 clients coming in as well. And then when the clients go home, then you do your work, you respond to emails, you call, you, uh, part of your, education career was with special needs children. So it was paperwork heavy. And so you had to do paperwork and lead meetings with parents. So that's, that's usually not the fun thing to do. And, um, you know, all the while people kind of dismissed that you only work eight thirty to three thirty, or you, and you only work nine months out of the year. So I think there is a lot of grace to give, especially when educators are, uh, brought up and maybe dismissed uh, early on. So uh, the other the other parallels that I was just picking up on is like student teachers probably are very similar to interns. So you could probably have a really good intern and then you could probably have a really bad intern that it's like, just go make copies or just go give me coffee or whatever it is just to get them something to do. And I know that you had to make the hard decision to leave teaching, but I think it, you know, we were at this point in our family and our business where it just kind of made sense. So do you still, you know, struggle or are there just certain parallels is, is business for profit just so much easier than holding 24 client meetings where you do have to do a lot more handholding? It's so different um, how you do it, but I know one of the one of the biggest surprises when I left the classroom and came to work at Dillon CPAs was actually um, interacting with clients with the general population 
And at that time, it was a long time ago, almost 10 years ago, uh, but we were uh, tax heavy and I was front office for most of the day. And so got to talk to a lot of clients since they were kind of annual only and it was timing, you know, for them to come in. And so the amount and the type of excuses, no, I, I mean, it was way more than kids ever gave. And I just, I just remember us talking and like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe the amount of excuses and the things that people come up with. And I'm like, okay, people only get bigger. They never really grow up. These people have like the craziest off the wall excuses for things. And I'm like, yeah, because they've had all these years of experience and to develop this new story that they're going to tell. But I, that was just something that I wasn't prepared for. I'm like, never in my life did I get this many excuses. And I know one year I had like 96 kids. I had like four different rotations of classrooms. And so, um, yeah, uh, it, it was very, very interesting, the things that you hear. And so really just learning how to uh, manage people and work with people and um, interact with them, especially since when I did work, uh, probably with all parents. Usually when they're meeting with the teacher, it's not always about really positive things. It's usually about a challenge or a behavior struggle. And so they're not always coming in in the best of moods, but really learning how to um, kind of keep the keep the peace and uh, make sure that everyone stayed focused and helping people realize that we're both working to get the same end result. Like the end goal is to help your child improve and succeed and kind of the same in business, whatever you're trying to do. If your client or customer is coming to you for something that you provide, both of your end goals are probably the same to make that person better and make sure that that person is satisfied. So both the buyer and the seller are both, you know, wanting that satisfaction at the end of the day. So. I think the, the other thing that it does that probably a lot of people see is it just gets things back into somewhat of a structure and knowing from our team, like we do employ so many working parents. So we know that dedicated focus time will probably uh, come back stronger than it was in the summer months, because even if you have things lined up for the kids, whether it's camps or daycare or, or things like that, just the structure that comes along with the school year provides a better outline for even their work day, I think. And we, some of those team members that we have, they would, they used to, when we were in office, would structure their day around like bus times, like drop off, like I'll be there at 9.30 cause that's the, I've got to get the kids on the bus and then I'm checking out, I've got an alarm on my phone and I've got to run out at 2.30. So it was like drop the pencil, you know, hit the road because I've got to get that kid off the school bus before they're unattended. And so uh, with that, I know we've seen that season year over year over year because of the type of person that we attract here um, at our at our business. So any any tips and tricks for like the parents who celebrate their kids going back to school and, you know, they they had champagne on the first day or what's that called? Like um, tears and the first cheers. day of school. 
Tears so, and cheers. Yeah, a lot of schools. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that it's actually school hosted, um, but okay. maybe parent organizations within the school will gather uh, parents for kind of a tears and cheers. A lot of kindergarten uh, parents are welcome to stay like in the cafeteria and they'll, you know, provide coffee or donuts or something for the parents because it is a hard thing if you have been at home with your child from birth through five six years old, um, to then have them go off for six or seven hours, um, of the day without you in this new place where the parents probably don't know the adults in the building. So, um, yeah. So yeah, just some tips and tricks. I think for sure during the summer months, we probably all get lax. So whether it's because you have kids at home or not, you may have taken vacations. Um, you may have had a lot of your clients or customers, patients on vacation. So your day probably looked a little bit different, maybe even a little more lax during the summer months than it did um, during what we would call like a typical school year uh, time. And so really thinking through what does your ideal day look like? What are the blocks of time that you have available? And what during each of those blocks of time that you have for working, when do you do your best thinking? When is your mind the best? Are you a better morning thinker? Are you a better afternoon thinker? And trying to schedule your work that requires the most brain power, the most uh, maybe creativity or problem solving to be done during the block of time when you are mentally at your best, most energized, and then using the other time maybe to do things that require less brain power, maybe some more administrative or housekeeping type things, um, but really looking at what does your day look like. It does not have to stay the same. Just because you've gotten in a habit or a rhythm of kind of maybe like a chaotic or a work in between everyone else's events, if you've gotten into that kind of a, a routine, you can stop now think about it and get into a better one. Um, if that wasn't working or if you found challenges within that, that you just didn't feel like you were getting the amount of work you wanted to done within the day, start over, you know, look at your day hour by hour, um, see where there are blocks of time where you're uninterrupted and then put in your most mentally challenging activities that need to happen during those times and then fill in with, the other things that you can kind of do with your eyes closed um, and the other times of the day. Yeah. And we see that, you know, we give a lot of grace and uh, we realize people have other things that they're um, responsible for in life. So I think that that time blocking, we'll see people come back to that throughout the year and say, Hey, I kind of got off track and how do I kind of get back to my ideal day, my ideal week? Um, you know, there's, certain due dates and deadlines mixed in there as well, where people just have to do things a little bit different, structure their day a little bit different because of incoming requests or things that need to go out. Um, but how long do, how long do we, we go in feeling like we're in that chaotic state before you really need to hit a reset? So let's say the kids go back to school, you're kind of pumped up and you're ready you had a, a great first week and you feel really fulfilled, but then after that, it just kind of falls back into this mess. You're always on the phone, you're hectic, you 
can't help the kids with their homework. You're just pulled in so many different directions and you feel the weight of the world on you. And we're guilty of it at, at more than anybody. So then we blame our job, our business on that hecticness because it's easy. I can't, I can't blame it on the kid or I shouldn't blame it on the kids. Shouldn't blame it on the other things in life. So it's just, you know, the work that should fulfill you gets the blame of your overwhelm. So how long should someone go before they, you know, have to reset? And well, I'll tell you how long not to go. Yeah. Here's how long not to go. Don't go to where your eye is twitching and you can't sleep at night and you are like blowing up in an irrational rage at your kids or, you know, like, the poor worker at the grocery store or the waitress or waiter at the restaurant. So don't go that long. So if you start to feel any of those symptoms, but I would say, you know, as soon as you start to feel like, oh, I can't get anything done or I don't feel accomplished. Think about why, why, why don't I feel accomplished? If I, if I put in five or six hours in the day, why don't I feel like I'm getting anything done? Why do I feel so backed up, so stressed out, so um, short on time? So kind of looking at that, I think another thing to remember is only say yes to the things that matter to the things that are going to have impact. So a lot of times uh, I have seen this both in the classroom and outside of the classroom. A lot of times working parents have this, we'll say mom guilt, but parent guilt that they don't get to spend enough time with their kids or can't be at the school with their kids every day having lunch. First of all, that's not even... um, that's not realistic. Like that's something that you have kind of created an idea in your mind. There's really not a parent. There are parents who may be at the school every day, maybe, you know, elementary schools volunteering, but they're not seeing their kid. And that's really the goal of, or kind of where that guilt comes from. I think for a lot of people who work is that they're not spending the same amount of time with their children as maybe a stay at home parent or a volunteer parent does. And so that's really kind of a made up out of proportion story that some people tell themselves. So first of all, let go of that guilt and think about what really matters. Does it really matter that your, um, cutting things out or uh, taking food or snacks or something to the school? Or does it really matter that your child feels loved? And so really making sure that you ask and find out what that is that makes them feel loved. If being, um, you know, highly active or in charge of every organization that kind of comes close to your family or touches your kids, if that is not what makes your kids feel loved and time with you is what makes them feel loved, then you shouldn't be volunteering for a hundred different organizations and using, you know, majority of your day at work and then the other majority of your day volunteering, because either way you lose the opportunity and the time with your family, with your spouse, you know, that applies in lots of settings. And so I think making sure that you're not over committing and especially not over committing out of uh, guilt or shame or duty that you feel like, well, everyone else is doing it. They're not. It's a couple people. They have like a, a really 
a joy of doing it. It brings them joy or might just give them something to do because they they don't have anything to do during that time. And so I think it's really important, especially for working parents, to remember that you you should not overcommit yourself. You are making a huge impact in your role within your career. Um, and the people that you interact with on a daily basis, you do not have to sign up and be in charge of or on the committees for every single activity, you know, that your family might be involved in. So that, that's really good. I, I think you've done a good job with that. Other people on the team that we know um, it could go both ways. I'm, I'm rem reminded of someone that does a really good job at that. And I think they say, I don't enjoy that one and my kid doesn't value it or kids. So I'm not going to pretend to do something that I don't see fulfillment in. I don't enjoy doing, and I'm just going to be okay working, you know, in this five hour block and be fulfilled with using my education, using my experience. And then I'm going to be that much better of a person whenever that little guy or girl gets off the bus and, you know, then I will unplug and spend time. So I think we've seen both what health could look like and what unhealthy could look like. And I think it's just, we're constantly trying to improve uh, both in life and in business. So I think that's really helpful not to overcommit. Yeah. Any other like final words around this? Because you've been on both the educator, the parent, uh, also, you know, a, a non-educator parent side. Yeah, I think just back to school is helping not not only looking at your routine and schedule and commitments, but then helping your kids to prioritize their routine, their schedule, their commitments. What do they find joy in? Our children love to use the word I can't, um, I can't quit or I can't do this. I have to do this and trying to help them realize they have a choice in every single thing. Um, they don't have a choice in keeping my house clean. That's my choice that I put on them. Uh, they kind of have a choice of, of when they <laughs> pick up their stuff and uh, put their laundry down and that kind of stuff. But um, pretty much everything in life is a choice. And so they, I think just helping teach uh, the younger people or the, the people around you that you have influence over, helping them, helping teach them about prioritizing, about choice, about choosing what what will have a big impact, a lasting impact, and what aligns with what's important to them. Yeah, no, that's really good. Um, hopefully, people have a successful school year, and hopefully, that kind of gets them back into a great rhythm of life, back whether it's personal in a business or anything like that. So, um, I'm excited to hear success stories from our team, and maybe even our own success stories as this will be the last year that we have two kids uh, here locally in school. So uh, kind of the last first day there. So, so, Well, talking to people who have kids in college, it kind of feels the same because you're still then when they're kind of removed from you, then you're just wondering, are they making it to class? Are they doing their homework? Are they turning in assignments <laughs> instead of uh, when they're in elementary and high school, we can kind of check in and see 
those things or notice behaviors around the house that would let us know whether they are or are not doing what they need to do. So I think we still have quite a few more years <laughs> um, of the back to school and what school routines and things look like. Yeah. Well, that's good. Well, uh, thanks for adding your perspective on that today. I hope a lot of people get um, good nuggets of wisdom out of that. So. Yeah. All right. On to the next conversation. Thanks for hanging with us to the end of another episode. If you have thoughts, comments, or feedback you would like to share, please leave us a comment or review on your favorite podcast listening platform. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. Join us again next week for another great conversation.